Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What do I mean when I say share the workload with your student? Hey, flight instructors, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com. So excited about this episode. This is something I've really been wanting to do. By the way, so great to meet so many of you uh, up at Oshkosh. Had just such a wonderful opportunity uh, to meet a ton of great CFIs. A lot of them already members of our CFI partner program. Uh, A lot of them uh, soon to be members of that. Uh, By the way, that CFI partner program is totally free to you CFIs, and we pay you Every time you send us a student, a student of yours comes along and buys our number one rated online ground school, buys our book, pass your private pilot check ride, whatever it may be, we cut you a check out of the profits of that. So uh, gone are the days of you buying books and buying DVDs, uh, hurting your cash flow, letting things sit in your broom closet, hoping to sell them. Let's get those things off the balance sheet. You don't have to hold any inventory. We handle everything for you and just cut you a check when you sell something. It's really that simple. Learn more by reaching out to Scott. He's in charge of that program. Scott can be reached via email. He is Scott, S-C-O-T-T, at m0a.com, spelled out version, m-z-e-r-o-a.com, scott at m0a.com. He'll be more than happy to uh, let you in on the CFI Partner Program and tell him you heard about it on the CFI, the Flight Instructor Podcast. What are some things I do for my students and what are some things I make my students do? It's all about sharing the workload. This is a topic I'm really, really passionate about. In fact, um, hopefully you're sending your students to the private pilot podcast, instrument pilot podcast, whatever they may be working on. Uh, If you're listening to this, uh, let them get as much benefit as well by listening to whatever uh, certificate or rating they're currently pursuing right now. And one thing I talked about in the private pilot podcast was this subject of what should your flight instructor be doing for you and what should you the student be doing. And I, of course, I want to fill in my CFIs as to, hey, here's what, here's what I'm telling your students to be doing. So we're all on the same page from the student to, the, the, to you, the flight instructor, to Jason, the online flight instructor. And here are some of those things. And there's some things obviously I didn't share with the private pilot guys, but important stuff for you as flight instructors to know. Here's what I do for my students. First off, I prepare lessons for my students. Now, remember back in our CFI days, we had to make all these lesson plans and everything else. And geez, will I ever use these? Well, absolutely, you're going to use them. But they're going to be tailored to each student, right? We talked about this a few episodes ago. Creating lesson plans and realizing that every student learns differently. Go listen to that episode if you haven't already. But I prepare lessons and I do it via pre- and post-flight briefs. Listen, if you as a flight instructor are not giving your students a pre-flight briefing and a post-flight briefing, you're doing them a disservice. And it doesn't have to be long. I know, trust me, I've been to plenty of flight schools where I know instructors that don't get paid for groundwork. Talk to them all the time. 
They only get paid when the propeller is running. So they don't want to do pre and post flight briefs. And listen, I understand, but if we can put the money issue aside for just a half a second, and for the sake of aviation, just devote five minutes before your flight, five minutes after your flight, let's start with that. A pre and post flight brief. Let's start with the post flight brief because I'll, I'll tie it all in together with the story. You and your student just finished a basic lesson, steep turn, slow flight stalls, uh, and a crosswind landing. You come back in and you tie the plane down, you put it back in the hangar, whatever you have to do, you're doing log books, you're exchanging money, you're scheduling your next lesson, that's great, but let's play Monday morning quarterback. Listen, as a CFI, I'll sit down and say, okay, Joe, whatever my student's name is, uh, your steep turns were good. Remember, keep your eyes looking outside. That's gonna be so, so important. Don't get fixated inside on things like your bank and your altitude. If you hold that same sight picture out there, you're gonna be a-okay, don't worry about that. Remember, we're pursuing a VFR certificate. Look outside. Um, slow flight was good, uh, no complaints there, that was all fine. Stalls, you seemed a little bit nervous on stalls, but that was okay, we're gonna build up to it. Uh, stalls are such an important part of your check ride. it's important to take the aircraft to these extremes so you know how to react. Remember, I don't care how you stall, I care how you recover. Let's focus on recoveries. Crosswind landing was good, coming back in here. Um, you know, your radio call was, I wish you would have said this instead of this, crosswind landing, you just side load a little bit and I just gave you a, a halfway decent post-flight briefing and I don't know how long that was two minutes maybe that, that, that that's all you have to do we schedule our next lesson and then most importantly we tell them what to expect next all right our next lesson's on Wednesday and uh, let's plan on staying in the traffic pattern. I want to do short field, soft field, and let's try those crosswind landings a little bit more. We're going to stay in the pattern next lesson. Great. So now that student has homework. They can now go home and they can jump in our online ground school or jump in their books or whatever and start watching the videos on crosswind landings, on short field, soft field landings and takeoffs they've got a little bit of a homework assignment for the few days in between till their next lesson. See, when I say prepare lessons, absolutely, I'm the flight instructor, I'm coming in prepared, I review my lesson plans that I created back in my CFI days to make sure I'm gonna cover all my bases, that I understand the new airman certification standards for these maneuvers being performed, and then I'm up to snuff on everything, and I let my student go off and learn everything they can about the maneuver. Now, when they come back in for their next lesson on that Wednesday or whatever day you schedule, you say, okay, cool, great. Um, hey, real quick, before you go out in pre-flight, we're staying in the pattern today. Uh, could you just chair fly and talk me through a short field landing real quick? Oh yeah, so I'm on downwind, I'm slowing down, and let them kind of chair fly and explain to you the maneuver. If you really have some time, what I like to do is literally go out to the ramp. We stand side by side. My student's on my left side, I'm on the right side, just like we're really in the airplane. And I say, let's chair fly and walk the traffic pattern. All right, we're walking down the runway. We're rolling down the runway now. We're literally walking forward. And he's going, I'm smoothly applying some full power. My heels are hitting the floor. My toes are the bottom of the pedals. My airspeed's coming alive. I glance at my engine gauges. My engine gauges are green. The airplane's getting lighter. Uh, rotation speed, and we rotate. We take off as we're all, we're, we're walking forward, you know? Then we get to 700 feet AGL. It's time to turn crosswind. He and I, or she and I, literally turn 90 degrees to the left, assuming it's a left crosswind, and we walk this rectangle around the ramp, 
and talk our way through our landings before we even jump up in the airplane. This is why when I fly with a student, I usually block out two hours because I'm going to spend 30 minutes before the flight, 30 minutes after the flight, and then we have an hour-long flight. That's just me. You don't have to do that, but that's what works for me. I'm a big fan of pre- and post-flight briefs. These are things you need to be doing for your students. Some other things I do for my students. I help with the first few logbook entries, as well as help with the first few pages when it comes time to total the logbook up. However, after about flight lesson five or six, the student starts filling out the logbook. And this is something I had to break myself of the habit because I was, for a while, creating private pilots who became a private pilot and didn't know how to fill out a logbook. I'm thinking, you can hurdle this airplane through the sky at 110 knots and bring it down safely, but somehow I never taught you to fill out a logbook. I just always did it for them. So I'll do the first four or five lessons for them, and about six or seven, we'll kind of do them together. And much after that, they're doing their logbook on the own. I, I give them the times, and I sign it, of course, and I'll put the remarks in there for them. But they're doing that. I'll help them with totaling up the first few pages because it's hard, amount forward and page total and all that sort of stuff. But eventually, I want them doing that on their own. It's basic addition, just a matter of knowing where to put the numbers, right? Don't baby them too much in the logbook department is my point. And this third one is really the main reason I did this podcast. I could have done the entire podcast on this next topic here. And that next topic is... IACRA. I am, is floored? Uh, 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 I guess that's the right word to use. We do at m0a.com for our online ground school members at least once a week, for sure once every two weeks, we get a student pilot who emails or calls the office and says, Jason, I'm one of your online ground school members. Um, You know, my check ride's in two days, and I can't figure this IACRA thing out. Can you help me? And listen, you and I have done it. IACRA is hard. I do IACRA, like I said, once, twice a week, helping these students out, and I still get confused sometimes because there's so many aspects of it. The hardest part, entering in the the aircraft flown. What's the type? Well, it's not C-172. It's not C-172. It's not just 172. It's not Cessna 172. You have to specifically and exactly type in C-E-172. And if you didn't know that, you would never find a 172 in their exhaustive database of aircraft. You know how long it took me to figure that out one day? Hopefully, I just saved you some time there. IACRA is a pain in the butt. The FAA made it to be easier, and it is easier. It's easier for our checkride examiners, certainly, when they can just pull up the FTN number. But let me ask you this question. Your pass rate is on the line. You've got a student who should probably be studying two days out from a checkride. Instead, They're fighting with a government website trying to figure out how to enter in their numbers in IACRA. Uh, Not a good idea. I don't care how busy you are as a flight instructor. Find some time to do their IACRA form for them. I like to do that anyways. I literally take my student's logbook home. 
I double check all their hours. I double check all their math. I go through, make sure we've met every FAA requirement. I double check the distances on all their cross countries. Make sure they met, you know, three takeoffs and landings to a full stop at night, three takeoffs and landings at a control tower, you know, all this sort of stuff. I make sure all the boxes are checked, all the private pilot requirements are met. In fact, I actually have a form that shows all the private pilot requirements. You can literally check the boxes. Uh, have, if you need it, email Scott and Scott will remind me to get it to you guys. Um, it's in our CFI partner portal as well, I believe. But I literally go through it, do all the numbers, then I go in and do their IACRA form. I have them, to make it easier on me, I have them do a paper 8710 because I need their address and their birth date and their eye color. And I don't use social security numbers, I just do do not use. Uh, but I need a lot of stuff. Where were they, the city they were born? Um, I don't want to be bugging them on the phone. So I have them fill out a paper 8710 that I then take back, enter all their information for them, enter in the training aircraft, enter in the hours, all that sort of stuff e-sign it, then I go to my portal, my side of it, release it and e-sign it so it's all good to go. Your student should not be fumbling around with an IACRA. You can do it side by side next to each other thanks to feel better, but I cringe every time a student calls the office and says, my check ride's tomorrow and I haven't done my IACRA yet. I'm thinking, your check ride's tomorrow, you got better things to be doing than an IACRA form. It's a government website and it's hard to use as it is. I don't mean to dwell on that, but that was really the whole purpose of this podcast was that bullet point right there, flight instructors. Sorry to step on some toes maybe. Now, let me share with you though, what are some things I make my students do? Things like pre-flight and make squawks as needed. Obviously, a brand new student pilot, I I teach them the pre-flight, we do it, five or six lessons, I slowly back off, back off, back off, to eventually, a lot of times, I'm not even there for their pre-flight. Now, trust me, I still do my pre-flight checks. I've had, count them, fuel caps left off, oil caps left off, baggage doors left open, tie-downs left on, chocks left on, uh, seen it all. Oil doors left open, seen it all, experienced it all. I know all the hot spots to check by now, and you'll be learning them too. But let them do their pre-flight and follow around behind them. Double check everything after them, whatever it takes. I, I'm a worrywart, so I always do my own pre-flight after they do a pre-flight. Let them have the authority to make squawks if needed though. If your student is not comfortable with the airplane and points something out to you, don't you, the flight instructor, make the squawk. You can show them how to make the squawks. Hey, listen, if you think that tire's too bald, let's squawk it and let's see if we can get another airplane. Because you're instilling in them that's the right thing to do. You shouldn't have to settle for an airplane that's not up to your standards. I've shared this story with you before. World-famous Uncle Larry up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, <laughs> you know, he uh, he's not afraid to squawk an airplane sometimes. And, and you, you kind of make some enemies doing it. Um, but if you're not comfortable flying that airplane, it's just, it is what it is, okay? Let them pre-flight, let them make squawks 
as needed. I make my students get a weather briefing and I allow them to make the go or no go decision. I can't constantly be the mother hen going, no, we shouldn't fly today. Sometimes I need them to read the METARs. I need them to call the weather briefer and let them decide if it's a go or no go day. Now, trust me, I've seen plenty of no-go days and have a student come to me and go, oh yeah, oh, it's only overcast at 1200, no big deal, Jason, we should be a-okay. I have to sit that student down and say, no, that's, that's not okay. Trust me, you're gonna, with these kind of freedoms come great responsibilities because you're gonna have some hard-headed students. 80% of them will be fine, 80% of them will make the right decisions, but you will have the anomaly or two that's gonna make a boneheaded decision and it's gonna take a little more work on your part. The third thing I make my students do is I make them all come prepared. I have canceled flight lessons right in front of students, broken their hearts because they didn't do their homework. In fact, I kid you not, true story. I had a student one day who was constantly late. I mean, when I say late, I'm talking not 15 minutes, I'm talking half hour type late. Now, when I schedule a time with a student, I make sure to differentiate between wheels up time and arrival time. Because we can schedule a lesson for 8, and I want to be wheels up by 8.30. So they really need to arrive at like 7.45, a little bit before 8. So that, remember, there's a difference between wheels up time and lesson time. So just make sure you understand that. Well, he was constantly late for not only our appointment time, our lesson time, but certainly our wheels up time as well. In fact, one time he was running so late, it was about 45 minutes late. I couldn't get a hold of him on the phone. I was just about to get, get in my car and head out, and he calls me back. And I answer and say, hey, man, where are you? He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I got running late, busy, overworked a lot. Uh, it was always work-related. I was really working. Um, he goes, hey, do you think you could have the airplane pulled out, fueled, and pre-flighted and ready to go so I hop in? Uh, we can just go. And I remember, and normally I'm very, very nice. Uh, you'll, never, you'll never see me angry, raise my voice, anything like that. Um, and I remember I said to him, I said, I'm not the one that needs to learn how to pre-flight, that needs to learn how to fuel an airplane, that needs to get better at pulling the airplane in and out of the hangar. No, I'm not going to do that for you. And you're so late right now, uh, let's just cancel today. And that cancellation, he didn't like my response by that. Uh, and I lost a student the next day. Um, good riddance, though, on my part, because I was about ready to fire him anyways. And I've only fired a handful of students before. I can do a whole podcast about that one day as well. Um, sometimes you'll get some bonehead students um, that do that. Um, and you've just got to be ready. I want my students to come prepared. I want you to love aviation. If you love aviation, you'll come prepared. Your homework will be done. You'll arrive early. You'll be ready to go. You'll save a ton of money. You'll be a joy to your instructor. And you know what? Those kind of students make aviation a safer place. Those are the kind of students I love working with. Guys, those are some things uh, about sharing the workload with our students. Some things I do for my students and some things I make my students do. Reminder, by the way, about our CFI referral program. I want to pay you for sending your students our way. 
reach out to Scott via email, scott at m0a.com. He'd be more than happy to get you set up in that program. Guys, thanks so much for all you guys do. Thanks for being a blessing to myself, my beautiful wife, Ashley, our wonderful daughter, Ella. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.